Welcome to the Garlic Boys Podcast, where we treat friendship like a good recipe treats garlic. You can never have too much of it. We're your hosts. I'm Connor O'Connor. And I'm boring old Matt. That's me. That's your other host. You didn't listen to last week's episode? I didn't or- listen to last week's episode, and we have a guest, so I feel stupid to say my to say an opposite name and then this guest not know my name. And just- That guest knows your name. We talked before this. Okay. Well, your name is also under you right now. <laughs> I are you? no, it's not. Look look into the corner of your screen. No. Look into my eyes. <laughs> Make me <laughs> let's not fight in front of the guest. Speaking of. Oh, speaking of the guest, um, <laughs> we have a special guest uh on the show this week. Please welcome the tour manager slash game master for uh the podcast Rock and Roll for Initiative, Roger. <laughs> Hello, salutations, greeting. I am speaking to you from the void that is my face. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having uh, me, guys. Yeah, we had we had some uh problems with Roger's camera, so the video listeners, um, you just get to see him. I, I don't even know how to describe what you're looking at here. Um, well, it's a blue okay. dress, uh, you know, a nice, nice, I'd say it's an aquamarine, uh, at least in the right light. And it is indeed covered in bloodstains, uh, whose wow. blood is to be determined. Uh, but, you know, Halloween's always a fun time. And I get so inspired by Halloween that I decided to uh, buy a dress. And now it's almost March. So here we are. <laughs> all right it's halloween how convenient um, <laughs> it's always halloween <laughs> no it's an old halloween costume i'm i'm sorry i'm I'm a facetious lad man what does facetious mean sarcastic essentially <laughs> uh, i too am Feet feces. Feces. Feet feces. It's all right. The sun will shine one day upon you. <laughs> I stepped in dog poop. Um, the the problem, I can already see the problem with this episode is that Connor and I constantly stumble over our words and forget words and don't know what words mean. And we have an eloquent god over here <laughs> joining us for the podcast. No, Roger is no. One, of, one of the most well-spoken people I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, as, as a young lad, I, I told myself that my options in life were fairly limited because, you know, let's be honest, I... Uh, I knew there were some paths that were there were going to be uh, blockaded from me, and I could never tap dance the way that I wanted to. So I said, "Well, by gosh, if I can't tap dance, I'm going to talk." <laughs> Those are the two options each of us were presented in kindergarten. Nothing else. Well, now that's that's not true. They started introducing certified scorpion trainer, but at that point, I was already in like fourth grade, and you know my path was set. At that point, it's just too late, and not all of us can be a divergent. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> no, no, not a fan of the young A novel Divergent Man. <laughs> uh, so, um, when I first read the book, I was enamored, I loved it so much. But quite like uh, when I first read Harry Potter, um, y- you grow up and you see a lot of the issues that it had, and it was just kind of a copy of a copy of a copy at that point. Uh, is good, but it was eh. like I, I look back and I'm like, eh. 
never <laughs> never read the book or saw the movie, but I do know the two main characters that were brother and sister then went on to be the love interests in um, The Fault in Our Stars. And that's <laughs> weird. Yes, yeah. I, I was going to say, I, no, I have never read that either. I, uh, I bypassed pretty much all the young adult stuff uh, out of me wanting to be a hipster in the time and <laughs> then i kind of doubled down too hard and i got right into classic literature and at that point you know i had an image to uphold <laughs> he's just sitting there reading war and peace at the lunch table <laughs> yeah it's it's so fun learning other people's relationship with reading because i was on a reading team in like sixth or seventh seventh or eighth grade maybe like somewhere in middle school okay okay and we had like three months to read a bunch of these books from this list. And then we went to the cathedral of learning and did like book knowledge competitions against other schools and things like that. And most of the other people had read a majority of like the 20 books on the list. And dyslexia McGee over here. probably I got, read two. <laughs> I got through two in the entire time. <laughs> did you enjoy the two? Yes. And that's, that's why I, I read them. The one was like some sort of space book. I don't remember anything about it. And the other was about bowling. Um, and it was just like this this kid that was like trying to just be a middle schooler, but also like was really good at bowling and just like living life and everything like that. I don't remember much else, except at one point he ate peanuts that the girl he likes grandmother had chewed all the chocolate M&M off of it and then uh -huh. spit the peanut back into a bowl. I think I, think I actually <laughs> know the book you're talking about. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they turned it into a film, and I, I I'm pretty sure it had a oh what's the guy he's in um Guardians of the Galaxy the blue dude the I might not be your father I'm your daddy or whatever the line is oh um um something Rooker Michael Rooker yeah Michael Rooker uh yeah no yeah uh Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer that's it that's the film that's the book I don't think so. <laughs> Dang it. No, you're telling me you're telling me there are two books slash movies out there where the grandma eats the chocolate covered peanuts and spits them back in the bowl. There's no freaking way there are two different stories out there with that same thing. No way. Uh, you know, I, I'm, Matt, I'm, I think he was being feces again. Ah, uh, yes. No, Mick, Mick, Mick Fearson's. I, 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 I had a Mick Fearson's moment. Um, but the moral of the story is I only read two books and one of the two books, the space one that I read, I was the only person on the team that read it. Mm -hmm. And so when the question for the book came up, guess who got to answer it? Did you get it right? I don't remember. I don't think so. <laughs> but it was about still, the journey. I'm still cocky about, about it. <laughs> it As still, you should be. You had the knowledge. You just couldn't unlock it at the moment. <laughs> Listen, Connor, at this this point in Connor timeline, you couldn't tell me anything. I, at this point, wore a vest that my mom got for me for like a suit, as well as a trilby to school for this oh. competition. Because oh, yeah. I was like, I got to dress up. I got to stunt <laughs> on everyone. And they let me wear it in the picture we took that day to go to the competition. And it ended up in the yearbook. Of course. Oh, poor child. But what I didn't think about was my mom was eventually going to see that yearbook and told me specifically not to wear them to school that uh... day. And so I retroactively got in trouble for it. Oh, no. That's rough. <laughs> one well, of the, that's a magical one of the, memory, though. 
Yeah, absolutely. One of the hardest books uh, I ever read was the Dune, like the first Dune book. Oh those, God! Those yeah, books. I love the movies. Like I, I just watched. I watched the original movie from oh boy, back in the day. I mean, obviously, 80, graphics. Nineteen eighty four, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, graphics, and they had to they had to condense like the entire story into like one hour and thirty minute movie. But yeah, um, aside from that, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the the first the one that just came out. And I have the graphic novels and everything like the story. I love it is so great to me. But if you're reading the original book, I would rather stick hot metal straws down my eardrums and just just burn a hole into my brain than to read that book because it's literally just name after name after name of yeah. introducing people and history and it's it's all packed into literally every sentence of the entire book and it it's kind of similar similar to Tolkien but like way more complex and where they're literally like there's like eight names for certain people and then there's titles and there's oh it is a miserable existence to try and read that book I can I can second that uh I I only read the original Dune book it was one of the books that my father loved uh and I could I I'm right there with you I'm not even sure if I finished it actually because I I remember reading it like when I came home on some break in college and I just I yeah I'm there with you it was too much exposition dump and I don't necessarily even think it was done in a bad way but it just did not click in my brain the flow yeah Dune is one of those things that I've never really gotten into even when the new movie came out like I wasn't like oh I've got to go see that Mm. um and I think it's because I know the main character's name I feel like if I didn't know that I'd be way more into it because <laughs> his main his name is Paul, isn't it? Yeah, Paul yeah. Atreides. Yeah, and so like you have this like big epic deep space adventure on a planet none of us can truly imagine in a world <laughs> where giant sandworms are going in this big empire empire that spans the galaxy, and the one who will rule them all one day. It's freaking Paul. Here comes I mean, Randy. <laughs> he does get he does get a name, uh, like a different name in the in the further on, but it's still yeah. No, I, I get that. Everybody else have like a grandiose name, and he's just Paul. Lots of titles part. and just Paul. Yes, but maybe yeah. that's the point. Maybe we're just maybe we just don't get it, and you know that is the whole idea of Dune. There, it's just Paul. I, I think it's similar to the anime, um, like the anime hairstyle for main characters, where it's always like this bright, vibrant color to separate them. I think mm-hmm. it's similar. I think it's a it's a writing tool that Frank Her- Herbert used to to like separate the character and make him seem, I don't want to say insignificant, but set him apart from the other characters. Yeah. Uh, they they want you to notice that his name is Paul. Well, at least for one individual, it was certainly noticed, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) They succeeded for one person, at least. (laughs) Change one, change the world. (laughs) 
I just, oh, I yeah. just like you look at like Tolkien and how he made an entire language and like a, yeah. like he developed orcs as a creature because they weren't in any other mythology and like put so much Correct. time and effort yeah. into to every little piece of that book. Yeah, this is true, and you know. And- the reason he did that, aside from his his deep devotion to it as well, is because he really hated being a father, and it was a lot easier to sit in the basement and you know, I'll, um, I'm sorry, to sit in the basement den, and you know, make fantasy stories. <laughs> There's some truth there. Some, yes. Just ironic because the stories were originally bedtime stories for his kids. This is true. This is which true. is. Also, oh no, maybe that's Rick Riordan's future. This is also how his story started, were bedtime stories for his kids. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you think no. he hates his kids? I think he I think he's beginning to. I, I think with this new series, it's just it's it's <laughs> he's set sail in a completely different direction. I don't know, because all the fans call him Papa Rick, so that's no. he, seems, he hates me. He seems to be a really good dude, but Matt, do you think no. he hates you? I think he loves me and only me. Are you sure? You sure you don't want to worry about that? I'm pretty sure he dedicated the story to me. I I don't. I, it's in there. It's that's that's how I feel. Anytime you know Ed Sheeran gets up on that stage, it's just <laughs> me, him, and two beautiful, kind of mildly uncomfortable red beards. <laughs> <laughs> that's me and Matt doing this podcast. <laughs> I I should clarify uh, for my own mental state that i i'm very mid on ed sheeran i just I, I i find i find that it comes to mind so i must joke about it i hope my partner doesn't listen to this because she absolutely adores ed sheeran well my my wife is a diehard ed sheeran fan and when i say i'm mid on it ed sheeran i i specifically mean his music i actually really like him and there are some songs of his that i absolutely adore dudes talented as all as all heck and yeah. i think that's why i don't like all of his music because having seen him live and those songs that i do like from a guitar perspective because you know i'm i'm that nerd uh i i see what could be there and so when i don't get that and i just get poppy ed it makes me sad yeah fair speaking of i you guys i i uh full disclosure only listen to like the first two episodes of uh your lovely dungeons and dragons podcast oh it's, it's well, amazing <laughs> i absolutely enjoy it y'all use a lot of sound effects <laughs> yes uh, uh too many in the first two episodes i would say <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where i'm at i'm in, i'm in the first two to three episodes so i'm hearing all these sound effects and i'm like maybe we should start using some sound well, effects <laughs> learn from my foolishness so uh our, our first two episodes were filmed are recorded rather uh the same day because it was one session and we did not have our full setup yet. So I, my audio interface was a smaller one with only uh, two inputs. So we had a bunch of stuff ordered and it came a day late, but we had to play that day. So our first two episodes were done a little more piecemeal. Um, And then episode three, there is a significant jump in, you know, the audio quality and the production overall, just because I had, some of the things needed and then we had the the permanent setup but uh to cover that in the first two and you know we, we hadn't none of us in our show had done a podcast before and i i i had barely even listened to D podcasts 
uh, aside from some of the big ones. So I was kind of going in blind and there was a lot of music to be made and I was on a time crunch. And my way of responding to that was, hey, uh, noises are funny. (laughs) (laughs) And the sound effects continue. But after that second episode, they they drop back to uh, the essentials, I would say. Except in our intros, those those remain unhinged on every level. Love it, yeah. But thanks for being a listener. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah. It's it's it, it. There's definitely instances where I was like that. That was funny, but the sound effect that paired with it made it even better. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and like Take it's great. In the, it's great in the funny moments. I've talked to you about this, but episode nine has messed me up more than most people will probably understand. Oh. And it's also because of the way that you do the sound on it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Matt, let me know when you get to that episode because you'll see what exactly I mean. And it, it's uh... just, it's a, it's a level that I don't know I could commit to. And so it just shows like <laughs> how, how, like how much time and care you're actually putting into that podcast. Oh, not gosh. to say that we don't. Um, our 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 editor is great, and I I really appreciate all the work he does for our D and D show. I I you know my, my my thought on it is this is you know I I think you you put in what you want to put in. You, you you don't necessarily need to do anything that anybody else is doing. Um, so from our perspective, you know, I I had I have a library of you know VSTs. I have a wall of well, on, on my screen, it's uh, Autumn Woods. But uh, I have 16 guitars in this room, and I have all this stuff. So it was I did it because it's fun. Like, that's fun to do that part. But if we were in a situation where it wasn't... Oh, what's the word I want? It, it, if we were in a situation where it felt like, oh, well, now I have to do this because yeah. you know that's how it is then i probably would have to take a step back because that to me that takes out the point so i i'm a firm believer in you know you, you make it how you want to make it and if you keep it that simple then there you go um the, the episode you were referring to episode nine so we we delved into some i would argue even like horror territory with that one i don't know would you agree connor Oh, for sure. So, a little bit of background on it. I mean, spoilers for uh, for Matt. Sorry, I'm not gonna not gonna give too many. Oh yeah, earmuffs. <laughs> um, there's a segment in there where our characters, the main characters of the party, they go to rest, and they found sleeping bags that are from their world, and that's weird and out of place. And then once they get near the sleeping bags, strange things begin to happen, and they're kind of lulled into like a nightmare sort of dreamlike trance where their insecurities are manifested in their surroundings. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, that was supposed to last a solid like 15 minutes as in like, I didn't even have it scripted out. I just knew what we were going for. And my, the boys being the bestest boys that they are turned that 15 minutes into about two hours of audio um so you know a, an entire no sleep podcast episode basically and we just rolled with it and it was great but you know i i uh i love horror i 
in my spare time because I'm just a walking, talking cliche. I, I try to write horror, like short stories. And I, I, I'd be lying if I said that sometimes I don't purposefully dip into that. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that I traumatized you, Connor. <laughs> no, no, it, it was it was great. I'm I'm very proud of you for it. Um, it was just every, everything you did there was like impeccable, and honestly, it was it was very clever of you. And um, it was it was great to listen to. Oh, thank Let you. Build me up. You make me. You make me feel so good. So good. Matt, what's wrong with your eye? I think I have something in it. A clever person could probably get it out. <laughs> I can't get it out. I don't know why you're why you're looking at me like yeah, that. Yeah, because you're not a clever person. How many quizzes of the ones that I've done for you <laughs> have you, you succeeded in? I what? think I've only lost twice. Yeah, because I've only quizzed you three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as they say, a, a clever man admits when he's defeated. And in this instance, uh, being that I do not have video, I, I must I must submit to your will. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Do you have the quiz ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's my way of saying "Hey there, y'all." I uh, I do have I have actually multiple clever boy quizzes for you because I enjoy Ooh. the things I enjoy so much that I need to make it everyone else's problem. <laughs> so, I quick think that's question: the basis of this podcast, right, Matt? That was the thesis yeah, of yeah. Uh, what we were doing here. Uh, what I wasn't listening. <laughs> of course, you weren't. <laughs> so I, I i know when you were born connor matt matt i must ask are you a are you a 90s kid uh 98 so okay so okay okay so you matt, know it, matt is 19 days older than me yes okay all right i wasn't i wasn't sure uh exactly well that's perfect then so this quiz for the most part is related to the decade from which you hail yeah Great. I, uh, <laughs> I spent maybe a year and a half in. Exactly, and I hope cool. you took that year and a half to learn yourself some some learnings, boy. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Don't worry, I didn't either, and I, I, I had a good eight years in there. But the quizzes I have for you today all revolve around a general theme, and that is, in case you hadn't guessed, music. Oh, oh. Specifically, rock music. So, what I have assembled for the you... music we're both the worst at. <laughs> what um, are you talking about? I know classic rock. Name three songs. Uh, uh, exactly, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I had two thoughts when I was coming with this. I could come in with, you know, some good old rock and roll, or I could do my best to learn how to do an imp- like impression of Randy Travis... And when that wasn't panning out, I decided, all right, we're going to go back to the to the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oop, didn't know if you needed to cut, cut that. Trying to keep myself censored. Trying. But the uh, quizzes I have for you here revolve, for the most part, around major musical artists of the 90s. Most of whom I know, even if you're not a big music person, you're likely familiar with. So I wanted to see how well you know what was topping the charts in and around the time you were born and being that it's pertinent it was just released last week we got a little capstone at the end with uh some news from the rock and roll hall of fame and the things i want to say i can't say on here so i'm just going to smile and wait 
<laughs> Are you ready? Aye, aye, Captain. Okay, so we're going to start out simple. Nice and simple, okay? All right. I think you got this one. I believe. I can see it. I can see it in your eyes. I see neither one of us getting this right then. <laughs> nice and simple. This musical phenomenon, also known as the Seattle Sound, became very popular in the early 1990s. What sort of music am I referring to? <laughs> what? Oh. Hint, hint, hint. Okay. The flannels. The flannels should be the big hint. Oh, I had it. Why did you give it to him? <laughs> I'm sorry. He didn't I'm... give me squat because I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um... Uh... Believe in the heart of the cards. This is very wrong. <laughs> uh, I know that it's wrong, but I want to put an answer anyways. Okay. Okay. All right. Gentlemen, show uh, your answers. I put grunge. Oh, that would have <laughs> been a smart uh, answer. You are correct, Connor. Grunge rock. I didn't know if you wanted the rock on there. Man. No, grunge. grunge is more than acceptable. Yes, I was referring to the Seattle sound that was grunge. Now, when grunge hit the mainstream, it was through a band that I would hope we're all familiar with. The Foo Fighters. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Nirvana. Nirvana. Yes. However, Nirvana was far from the only grunge band. In fact, Nirvana was far from being anywhere in the first generation of grunge bands, which leads me to my next question, and this one is multiple choice. Is this just so, name another grunge band? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm going to lose so hard on this day. <laughs> this, this one's multiple choice, all right? Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Steamy Nicks. When, when uh, grunge was at its zenith in the, you know, we'll go with 1992, 1993, there were four bands that were known as the Big Four because they were the ones all over the radio. Uh, some of them are still around today, and they had the largest cultural impact. So, we know that one of them is Nirvana. What I want you to do is, of the following, tell me which one of these bands is not one of these big four grunge bands. Okay? So, which one is not one of the big four of grunge? Your options are Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Red Hot Chili Peppers, or Alice in Chains. I've heard of two of these. Woo! I've heard of three of them. Woo! And I don't, that gives me false confidence about if this fourth one was one. Oh, mayhaps, mayhaps not. I, I feel I have an unfair advantage because you taught me about one of these bands. <laughs> the other two I are really? doing my own. Okay, okay. Well, mayhaps, mayhaps. <laughs> well, I, I guess I should say Nate taught me, uh, not not you specifically. Oh. I think I'll, that... I'll take that as a victory by proxy because likely I taught Nate. <laughs> Assuming we're referring to the same Nate. Right. Okay. Are you ready, children? I think so. I believe in you. 
I couldn't remember if this is the name you said, but Alice in Chains, the last one. Is it Ooh. Alice in Chains or <laughs> oh. Alice in Chains? And That's it, a good question. Yeah. I heard Alice in Chains. <laughs> it, it is Alice in Chains. Uh, uh, but the I answer... feel like I should still get the point if this well, is the Well, no, right no, 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 no. The answer was Red Hot Chili Peppers. What? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Alice in Chains uh, had been around for almost 10 solid years before Nirvana was a thing. But that, you know what? Yeah, I, I appreciate the name. I actually had a teacher in high school who named his daughter Allison Chains like Chains was her middle name. Oh my gosh. I know. It, it it was so amazing that I I tried to convince my wife to do it and <laughs> you know I'll uh ask me again in a few years we'll see. <laughs> okay. So I'm so, getting the sense this is difficult for you for you laddies. I have I do have a question. Sorry. Yes. Is Red Hot Chili Peppers not a grunge band? No, Red Hot Chili Peppers would fall firmly into alternative rock. Uh, if you want to split hairs, which I'm not really a fan of doing, but if you want to split hairs, you could argue funk rock as well. But no, uh, they were not part of the the Seattle scene. They were not in that same movement. However, they were popular at in and around the same time. Uh, I always... I said I'm not going to split hairs in here. I'm splitting hairs. Uh, I never see grunge as the type of music. It describes a, a music scene where where groups come from. But it's, it's a people, not an idea. It's not in a people. Exactly. It's an idea. Now, now you listen here. You know, I take my music very seriously. And a day may come where I decide to follow through on not splitting hairs about genres because I hate genres. But at the same time, I must split hairs about genres because I... <laughs> I am my own genre. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's something you could propose. The the son's name of genre. Oof. <laughs> Oof. That threw me off. I lost I lost my place. Oh geez. All right. Okay. Well, you know what? Since we know Nirvana then, let's let's stick let's stick to Nirvana for a minute. Nice and easy. In fact, this individual, even if you're not into music, you might know their name. So, real simple. What is the name? Of Kurt Cobain's controversial wife. Oh, what? I can I put two answers? Absolutely. Can I uh, throw in the towel now? Or? No, but you you can. I, I I have two lifelines available to you. I, need I a can. <laughs> <laughs> I I can I can tell you the band that she was also in, or I can tell you. The letter of her first and last name, like the first letter. I I'd probably still not get it, but I'll take the letters of the last and first names. Okay, so her first name begins with a C. Her okay. last name begins with an L. Okay, yeah, yeah, I like this. Yes, there's a there's a good chance we're gonna have to cut my answer. Oh no. <laughs> okay, I have my answer. We're good. Okay, gentlemen, reveal your terror. Um, I've, okay. I, have, I have Courtney Love down here, uh-huh. which is the right answer. That is and, right. And I had I, I couldn't figure out which one it was, so I just went with the Remington Bolt Action Rifle, <laughs> um, which God gave Ow. us to kill the dinosaurs. Connor. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Uh, hey, my, hey, my answer listen, was <laughs> my answer was cherry bomb, but the L was silent. That was well, <laughs> you know, funnily enough, I, I feel, Matt, that you actually should get some points because me and my knowledge of things that nobody cares about. <laughs> one of her earlier nicknames as a musician was the vivacious cherry bomb in the no! mid 80s. Yes. Oh, yes. That was- unintentional well her real name was courtney love which is the only answer i've ever had written down Um, (laughs) the only one now uh, you might have to cut this connor i'm not i'm I'm not entirely sure how far i can go but i do find it funny that you wrote remington slash courtney love and i just like it to be clear that when cobain committed suicide it was a winchester not a remington Dang it! (laughs) The other gun name I know. (laughs) You fell for the classic blunder, (laughs) choosing the wrong gun name. You chose the cup in front of me. Clearly, I cannot choose the cup in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. So I get the point. Are we giving Matt a point there? I I, honestly, I I think by the benevolence of all that is good in this universe, I would say yes. Is it because I made the joke, or is it because he's close with Cherry Bob? I, I, I think it's because he, he happened to land on gold, and, you know, much like a prospector of yore, doesn't matter if you meant to, you did it. Exactly. <laughs> That's my uh, philosophy of life. I see I'll the disappointment. I see the disappointment in Connor's eyes. I will pay for my sins. <laughs> I, okay. I knew the answer. <laughs> all right. All right. This one is a fill-in-the-blank. And I will award the point to not whoever's correct, but whoever's line makes me laugh the most. Gosh darn it. Connor's a comedian here, not me. I say that because I assume that you can't fill in the line. So I should say if you can fill in the line, then you'll... Are you going to give us a lyric? I am. I am. I'll, I'll tell you the name. I'll tell you the song. I'll even tell you who it's about. I'll give you a hint there on that one so you can guess it. Cut it out. Hey, that's that's Joey from uh, Full yeah, House. Yeah, yes, very good. So, Alanis Morissette with her breakthrough song, You Oughta Know, which I hope you know. Yeah, you oughta know it. <laughs> her breakthrough song, You Oughta Know, which was a very angry, angsty anthem, but it was directed at Dave Coulier, her ex-boyfriend, has this line. Did you forget about me? Blank. I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner. You see, when Connor had asked me to make this, I assumed that, well, part, not assumed, rather, I thought that being a clever boy also includes, you know, having clever wit, so comedy will get you far. Uh, All right. Matt, you, you were first. <laughs> yeah, I had it first, so I think you should go first. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Do you want to lead me in? Yes. So, did you forget about me? Because I clearly said, don't, 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 don't you forget about me. <laughs> I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, out of all the Abe Lincoln quotes you've thrown out on your show, I think that might be my favorite. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think mine is going to be as good, but here we go. You never know. My my sense of humor is as... Uh, absent-minded as my everyday existence so who knows all right my answer uh is did you forget about me crabs 
I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner. I hate to bug you. In the... <laughs> Dang it. Ooh. Ooh. Two very, very clever answers. I, you know, I, in my heart of hearts, I would want to even the playing field and say that you both deserve the point. But I believe I'm going to have to give it to Matt. And I, I will tell you why. I will tell you why. It's better. <laughs> no, it's I, I, the, the, the abruptness of, of the crabs. It, 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 it takes me away to a magical place. Writing is only 80% of it. You got you to gotta perform it well, and I just didn't. Well, you know, writing might only be 80% of it, but never forget, your body is 90% water, and daddy's thirsty for your next answer. So... Wait, what was the actual <laughs> lyric? <laughs> oh, the actual lyric is Mr. Duplicity. So, did you forget about me, Mr. Duplicity? I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner. Was he in Duplicity? Hmm? Was he in a movie called Duplicity? No, she's basically calling him a two-timer. You know, it's it's a it's a wonderful way of expressing the the early twenties of somebody's life and taking it out on Uncle Joey. I didn't even know that word existed, um, oh. so I would have never gotten that even in a million years. So I'm okay. glad. Uh, I, I'm glad it was a funny bit instead of a accurate. <laughs> bit. Uh, yeah, you know, I I I live for the humor, and I, I I think it's because if I'm doing trivia, I have one of two trivia modes. I am obsessively on it, or I drop the ball in every way, and I just pray to make people laugh. So I think both are valid. Both are entirely valid. For okay. Sure. Yes. Yes. Now this one. <laughs> Oh gosh, I I, I laugh, <laughs> I, I laugh at this. This is a misheard lyric. This is a band that is a bit of a meme nowadays. So that that should help you quite a bit. A bit of a meme nowadays. I I, I want to see if it can uh, take you to higher heights in your mind. So I'm going to misread. Yeah, we'll say that. I'm going to misread. Uh, a, a lyric from a popular song by this band. And this lyric has been misread so many times that it has kind of become the actual lyric to the point where when this band would perform this song, this is what they would say because yeah, it's whatever okay. they're just running with it. So it's a meme band nowadays, very big in the late 90s. And the final hint I will give you is this their most popular song makes you want to wear like an Abercrombie dress shirt. Nice and open with a deep V, and just you know, put your arms out in the rain. Okay, so the misheard lyric by this band is this, and I don't do a good impression of them, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna warble. <clears throat> I ate a bagel when I heard thunder. What? <laughs> I ate a bagel when I heard thunder. That is the misheard lyric. Yes. I can't do the warble. I ate a bagel when I heard thunder. You're asking for the actual lyric or the band? Is I this... am asking I am asking for the band. Oh. Yes. Oh no, no. I I am not having you rewrite the lyric. I'm asking for the band. So, meme band open flow and dress shirt in the rain that cost your mom too much money and you're getting it yeah. dirty for the music video. Oh, I almost just said the name of this band. Like I I, I was I, I thought you were asking for the lyric, same as Cotter. <laughs> so I was like, is this 
And then I almost said it. Really good. <laughs> that could be two different groups. Okay, I think I it got could. I, I I bet that if you don't get it, you probably have another answer that is like so appropriate. I'm gonna I'm circling my real answer and then I'm gonna put the secondary one on there. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Connor, you reveal first. I think it's Nickelback because you said meme, but Creed has also been coming back as a meme. This is true. They're both the meme Paramount bands. Plus commercial. Okay. Before uh, I reveal, I want to see Matt. Okay. Okay. Nickelback as well. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you know what's funny about this is I told you like, okay, here's the deal. Like, you're gonna think it's one of two bands. So e- either either way, I'm gonna give it to Connor because it is Creed. It is Creed. Yes, okay. it is Creed. Uh, I, I did drop a little, you know, take you to higher places, you know. Can I take you higher? Um, Can so, I take you higher? So I know that you said that the band has kind of uh, appropriated, I guess, that word again. Mm. Uh, what is the original blind word? I'm sorry, my sound cut out for a second. Can you ask that one more time? It's Cotter's fault. Um, no. Do you know the original words there for that? For you know that? what's funny? So the the name the name of the song is "One Last Breath," but I do not know the misher or the, the real lyric because I'm a, I'm actually unabashedly I'm a Creed apologist, if you will, and that is my way of saying I like everything about Creed except a lot of the music they make. <laughs> I like everything except who they are entirely as a band. It's- I mean, kind of, kind of. But then, you know, they they, they started Great as people, like horrible musicians. <laughs> they started as like a really, really talented like metal band in their area, and then when their first album came out, it it went from that to a uh, warble nation. But uh, so yeah, one last breath is the song. I do not know the real lyric. I mean, I I could look it up, but I'll I'll admit here I don't because. Anytime I hear or, or I'm around that song, that's that's what I belt. That's what I belt. Oh, good old Creed. But yeah, hardcore Creed apologist here. Okay. Okay. Now this one, this one here where I'm taking you, the journey I'm taking you on here is a lot more contemporary. In fact, very contemporary. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the wonderful, certainly never incorrect institution that it is just released last week their nominees for induction this year so these individuals haven't been inducted yet but they have the potential to and it's a list like you might expect lots of individuals who belong some rock greats and then you know missy elliott pops on there but hey that's not for me to decide the question i have for you is can you name one famous musician who has been nominated into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame but never inducted? Oh, multiple Lord. multiple tries, but this won't trust me when I say that you can you can strike gold on this cuz the list is as long as my arm. The problem is the caveat of never making it in. Yes. Yes, but if it makes you feel any better, one of the inductees this year was nominated eight times before finally getting in. Fair. Yes. Okay. And there are a lot of 
famous musicians or bands that you would assume are in the Rock Hall of Fame that most certainly are not. So what I'm going to say is try and try and limit it to three. If you want to write three guesses down, and if any of them crack gold, I'll award some points. Why can I not remember this dude's last name? Uh, what dude? I'll help you. <laughs> um, dude, why can I remember? It's embarrassing that I can't remember his name because I'm going to ask about it, and both of you are going to mock me relentlessly. No, I would never. You can avoid that by just telling me the name you're thinking of. <laughs> oh, am I messing up the interrogation? Okay. <laughs> you could get your lawyer, but you know, uh, we we feel that's unnecessary, Connor. We could just settle this here and now. Get it all done. <laughs> all right. I'm going to remember right. it as soon as I... Take three I, guesses. If you strike gold, we're looking for somebody who's been nominated but never inducted. I have. I have. I, I'm I'm 100% confident every single one of these things. I can feel it emanating from your voice, and I can see it emanating from your pores, and I'm, I believe in you. All right. <clears throat> Are you prepared, Connor O'Connor? Captain, my captain. R.I.P. Robin Williams. Hold on. I remembered. I remembered. I'm not going to get made fun of. <laughs> I'm still going to make fun of you, but uh, you can also make fun of me for my answers. I'd make fun of you, but then I'd be afraid to eat your delicious uh, cuisine for fear of what you might do to me. <laughs> I'm a king among men. Okay, I'm ready. All right. So starting on my left, lay them on me, Connor. What are your guesses? Uh, Paul McCartney, Dolly Parton, and Ozzy Osbourne. Okay, okay, okay. Matt? <laughs> uh, on the same vein as his first one, I got mm-hmm. jo- John Lennon, uh, John Stamos, <laughs> and Johnny Knoxville. Oh, my gosh. So h- here's what I got to say. Uh, when did you discover your latent psychic powers, Matt? Uh, literally this morning no i what what do you mean <laughs> i swear if it's john stamos i'm gonna lose my mind and, and and connor i what i need to ask you is how how does it feel to be exactly five days wrong <laughs> i know I, okay i'm pretty sure i heard dolly got uh nominated i didn't know if she was inducted or not so so here, here here's here's the situation ozzy osbourne on your list connor this year is his first nomination. Now he's in with Black Sabbath, but as an individual, this is his first nomination. So I cannot give it to you because we do not know whether he has been inducted yet. Dolly got inducted last year. And McCartney and all the Beatles are in multiple times over. So he's now, in for being just Paul McCartney? Yes. All, all right. four all four of the Beatles are in as themselves and as the Beatles. Even George? Even George and Ringo. Ringo's understandable. I don't even know what George did. Oh, so much, so much, so much. That's oof, don't get me started. Beatles rabbit hole is one I can't pull myself out of. Now, Matt, I, I'm going to give you this point on a very interesting technicality. Okay. okay. And the technicality is this. John Stamos is what's giving you this point. What? I'm furious right now. I'm absolutely <laughs> furious right now. In and the way? reason being, you know, because every well, Connor, don't forget, everywhere you look, there's a heart, a hand to hold on to. 
John Stamos was briefly a member of the Beach Boys because of Full House. Okay. The Beach Boys had one nomination before they were inducted. He was on that nomination. However, <laughs> he was not ultimately inducted with the group because he was just a session drummer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so no, no, no. He was he was nominated oh, as a member of this group. Beetle. I could have put him down. <laughs> Listen, Stu Stu paid enough for his sins. <laughs> oh so that that there combined three things I love in life more than anything, and that is good old fashioned family fun, full house, <laughs> strange musical Greek men, and somehow finding a way to make fun of the Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so this is now two of the three dads from Family Matters or no, Full House. Oh, that have been associated oh. with this uh, quiz. I, I feel that one. That one Do hurt. You, do you have a Bob Saget question coming up here soon? Uh, no, but uh, about five feet away, I do have a signed Bob Saget picture. Close enough, I guess. May yeah, yeah. Yes, may he also rest in peace. Oh, gosh. Okay. Recentering, recentering. Breathe in, breathe out. Have I have two questions. Boys. Two questions left. All right. And the triumphant finish is approaching. This one, this one, I, I, I firmly believe you can get. Because even if you're not familiar with the music, I know you've at least seen a movie that this individual is in. All right. This individual became popular in the 90s as a musician. Comparable trajectory to Prince. So there, there's my first hint. Meaning he was known for being a bit eccentric. He played all the instruments on his albums. And so he was well-loved as a musician. He had continued success up to present day. He's done a lot of soundtracks for movies, including the second Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. He is nominated for induction this year, and his daughter is currently a pretty popular actress. Oh, I know. Okay, we're are we getting the the actor? Yeah. Oh, the actor slash musician. Oh, however, you want to clarify him. Yes, I the did. individual. If Wait, this I'll is even, the person... I'll throw out on. another hint. This individual's mother was also the wife on the Jeffersons. Fun fact. Okay, yep, I'm right. I'm right. I didn't okay. know he was an actor. I, I knew he does music. Yes, yes. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay, all right. Matt, I'll have you go first. Oh, I felt boy. your confidence. I'm not confident at all. Um, I saw a glimpse of Connor's answer and the confidence that he has. <laughs> it's not what I have. Uh, so uh, you you said his daughter is a pretty popular actress. I Currently, thinking, yes. I was thinking Liv Tyler, uh, so I put Steven Tyler. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you know, I, I can see why you would go that way. And actually, a lot of those hints could have pointed in that direction. So yeah. mayhaps that is on me. Uh I will say, you know, we're not walking that way, but <laughs> Connor. Anybody else see where his pants split? Oh, yes. Um, yes. That picture. I got Lenny Kravitz here. As oh, yes, it is. It is it's 2024 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame first time nominee Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, his uh, his daughter Zoe has uh, become a fairly popular actress recently. Was what was it? Uh, in the Batman. Batman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She was in the Catwoman. Batman. 
She was Rue in the first Hunger Games. Lenny himself is also in the first That's Hunger Games. Zoe Cr- hold, what? Hold, hold on, on. right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. Yeah. Double check me on that. I, I might be wrong, I but I'm, I was pretty sure. Now, I will say Lenny plays, uh, oh, what's his name? Cinna. Cinna in um, the Hunger Games. Oh, you're right. Why did I not I didn't know remember it? And I think the reason you don't know is because he's not oozing his normal amount of sex appeal. Right. And I was hot in that. Like, (laughs) I also think I've never actually seen him. I mean, obviously, as Cinna, uh, I've never seen him in person. I've never (laughs) seen a picture of him or anything. Well, Connor was referring to an infamous concert where his leather pants split open in the middle of a guitar solo and his uh, schwang danglis came on out. And you know what's funny about your answer is the day after that, Steven Tyler texted him, and this went viral on uh, Facebook for a while because they're best buddies, and Steven Tyler was asking him where he got his piercing done. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. She was not... uh, She was not... She was not Rue? No. Oh. Um, It was an actress named Amelda Sternberg. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's that's a swing and a miss on me. Jack Quaid was in that movie, though. Oh, which I, which I pointed out to uh, your your wife recently, and she did not believe me, and we had to rewind the movie. As who? Probably uh, the um, no like, name. He was Marvel, which is one. I think it's either District One or District Two's. Um, I think it was District One because no, District One was the blonde guy from uh, Race to Witch Mountain. Race to Witch Mountain. Oh, with the the, the, the the Rock one. Okay, the the remake. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. District cool. One was that guy. I'm ninety percent positive. Okay. You know. Okay. Huh. Well, I apologize for being incorrect on the uh, the Rue clue. I thought she had played Rue, but evidently I was mistaken. Though I know she I, is. I was, woman. I was just more mad at myself that I didn't realize that was her, but there's a good reason why I didn't realize. Well, it yeah, because I, cause I was just flat out wrong. Just flat out wrong. Okay. Okay. My final question. Final right. question. And this is a written response <laughs> in the form of a short answer. So, oh, sentence I'm... or two. Oh, yes, yes. I, I'm breaking out, you know, full pedagogy mode here. And it is this, and it is based entirely around humor and also accuracy. <laughs> right. So both aspects here. I, uh, <laughs> when, when I was making this question, I was going to throw in something very related to a current band, and then I decided to stick to the 90s uh, because I had to go elbow deep in my storm drain <laughs> before coming on here. And after pulling out a dead mouse, I completely lost my train of thought. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, look at that. Fun times. Home ownership. So my question is this. <laughs> the first album that I bought on my own, I'm not asking you to necessarily guess what it is. The first album I bought on my own, I had a very, a very abnormal time acquiring so first time with my own money going to buy an album i went to a place where you where you buy albums right and the experience that i had is something that i it's it's a story that i tell you know around the campfire to frighten children (laughs) my question for you is this 
That's not really a question. What what I want you to do, <laughs> you clever boys, I want you to describe what you think happened and what album I ended up buying. I will say it's a well-known album to anyone who was alive between 1992 and 2005. Can I look up a the name of an album? I just can't. Yeah, of course. Yes, you may. So this is a test of your storytelling ability. Oh my goodness. I'm not good at improv. This Whoa. is Potter's thing. I'm not I'm not gonna write anything down. Uh I'm just going to give my monologue whenever the time comes. I love it. I love it. You sound like me when I'm making lesson plans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are That's you prepared? To regale me with your tales of intrigue oh and wonder. Gosh, Connor, did you write a book? I obeyed the prompt, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't have a good answer, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. All right. All right. You, you go first. <laughs> I want you to go first. So that you're not influenced by what I say at all. Oh uh, yes. There's no all better right. way to improv than to be the leading man. So uh you uh good old good old Roger. Hello. Uh, you you walked into this record store. All right. You you <laughs> first opened the doors. Threw like, them up. Those old town saloons. <laughs> you walk in. You're looking for a very specific album, and that album is Guns N' Roses: The Spaghetti Incident. <laughs> How did you know? You were specifically looking for Guns the N' Roses: spaghetti. The Spaghetti I'm sorry. Incident. <laughs> You oh are everywhere, high and low, and lo and behold, you find it in the country music section. Why the heck is it in the country music section? What's it doing Someone, there? Someone, Spaghetti Westerns, maybe. I don't know. Oh, those fools. You finally <laughs> find this. You finally find this album. It is in pristine condition. There's no warping. There's no scratching. It, there, it is perfectly in the sleeve. <laughs> so you take it up to the front desk. And guess what? Guess what happens? Uh, Another guy comes <laughs> bursting through the doors with guns in one hand and roses in another. Oh, my mortal is, enemy. He is looking for that exact album. And he is ready to sell his entire soul to Satan for that album. And you know exactly what he does? What's he do? He has he set down the album because he's holding a gun at you. And thorny roses, so you're going to do what he says. He has you set down the album. And out of his pocket, what does he produce? What does he produce? An entire bag of spaghetti. Spaghetti. Sauced spaghetti in a Ziploc bag. It was Ziploc invented in in a Ziploc (laughs) bag, okay? And And he hands it to you and says, put that under a couple of books. It'll become your album. And then he takes the <laughs> album and leaves the store. And that's the wild and crazy story of how you got the album. It took a couple of years for the books to completely compress the, the spaghetti into the album. But there you go. Now my, my you God. have Guns and Roses, the spaghetti incident. You know, when, when, when you asked me to guest, I, I thought this was a podcast, but I, I was unaware of your therapeutic services that you offered uh, here, you know, and in your very spicy program, if you will. And you, you got to the heart of the matter, you know, 
the funny story about acquiring the spaghetti incident in itself was yeah. a spaghetti incident. Exactly. It, it, it's like the it's it's like everything in the universe was was holding on for this exact coincidental moment. You know, if Axel Rose had his long-term memory still, I think you might have brought a tear to his eye. I, uh, <laughs> I, well, Axel Rose I, could remember who he was. Let's tag Axel Rose in this episode, whatever we put it up. Oh, I don't know. He's fairly litigious. That might be a dangerous move. He doesn't know what podcasts are. Um, no, but his lawyer do. His lawyers do. <laughs> so right, if, 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 let me let me let me throw in my my thoughts on your your story here. You painted a very vivid picture. You know, I I envisioned every detail. We had the western sort of outfit going on there. I I feel like if this were a movie, I would have been played by uh, Dylan. What's his face from Thirteen Reasons Why? And Dylan O'Brien. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, Dylan O'Brien, leader of the Aryan Union. And uh, oh, oh and uh, Seinfeld joke, Seinfeld joke, must clarify, Seinfeld joke. Uh, I, I think that was a phenomenal Known white supremacist. <laughs> Please tell me you know what I'm referring to. Oh my god, Not okay, at the moment. tangent, tangent, season three of Seinfeld before it was a cultural phenomenon in episode five. The whole plot of the episode is George gets off an airplane and there's a guy holding a sign and he says, wait a second, if this guy's holding a sign for a limo, he doesn't know what the guy looks like. Otherwise, why would he be holding the sign? So he says, hey, I'm O'Brien. And throughout the ride in the limo, he realizes he's being taken to Madison Square Garden because he is impersonating Colin O'Brien, the leader of the Aryan Union. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So, anyways, uh, the spaghetti incident. I, I I give that story a solid saucy out of ten. I like it, Connor. It's going to be tough to beat. Uh, I went in a slightly different direction. Okay. Um, I'm just going to show you the amount I have written, and then I have to read it off off screen here a little bit. Um, <laughs> on the way to the store, you passed by a basketball game that was happening, and somehow ended up in a fight with some guys who were up to no good and making trouble in your neighborhood. No, stop it. So no. this caused your mom to send you to live with your aunt and uncle in California. And while you were there, you decided to make the best of it and buy that CD <laughs> that you wanted all those weeks ago. Um, and that CD was the debut album of the Spice Girls uh, titled Spice. <laughs> <laughs> so you're throwing in on the on the decade there. I, I, you know, you, you're you're riffing on something that exists, and what better humor do we have than our own nostalgia? Fantastic! I, I would rate that a, a squeaky clean welcome to Earth out of ten. Ooh, this is difficult. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to award the points before I tell you the real story, and uh, you know what a story it is. So. This is very difficult. You know, on the one hand, we have a saucy tale of of vengeance and setting me up for a character arc as I grow into the years. Uh, on the other hand, we have a much more interesting version of what I will maintain is an overrated sitcom. And I appreciate that. But in this instance, I'm going to have to say, Connor, take my points out your mouth because I'm going to have to give it to Matt. I it's feel the, like it should be who's closer to the actual story, and I feel like that's I, me. I well, would love to hear the actual story before. Well, we I, I I will say I do have an aunt who lives in Hollywood, and she is a retired Hollywood starlet, 
so there you, you had some a- some accuracy there um the actual story is this i decided to walk because i was an idiot the whole 13 miles to uh a town not in the one i lived in yeah i know i know and this was very poorly planned mind you nate was there for this and i went to best buy to buy this album (laughs) and i wanted to buy it on cd the year was like 2005 and it (laughs) it it, it was lincoln park's debut album hybrid theory and you know the funny the funny thing about that is i'm not I wasn't the biggest Linkin Park fan. I don't know why I said it in my mind to undertake an odyssey. Regardless, when I walk into this Best Buy, my jacket snags on the security like measure thing they have at the door and pulls it over. So the security system throughout the whole store goes off. And this Best Buy was also connected to a Barnes & Noble and was also connected to a Lumber Liquidators and like three other stores. I set off the security at all of these stores. Everyone had to evacuate. And in the Barnes and Noble, the sprinklers went off for a brief moment. And I was horrified, right, that I'm going to be I'm going to be sued. My parents are going to have to, you know, (laughs) take out an eighth mortgage to buy a new Barnes and Noble. And while all this is going on. The the most messed up thing is this Best Buy in particular did not sell CDs. It was a like a Best Buy outlet. Oh so no! All yeah, all of this was for nothing. All of this was for nothing. When it was all said and done, though, and they reopened all the stores, I walked across the parking lot to Walmart, which is in the same place. I found the CD, and when I went to buy it, I realized I did not have enough money, and I acquired nothing. Oh no. I ruined I ruined many people's days. I damaged many valuable works of literature. I did not acquire Lincoln Park's debut CD and I had to call my friend's mother to pick me up because I was horrified to call my own mother to do so. Oh my lord. That was that was you know 9 hours of my life that I never got back and I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a strong memory. Like that it is, is it that is seared into your very your much. I I oh blame that incident. I blame that incident for being for me choosing to no longer enjoy athletics in high school. <laughs> Take that for what you will. <laughs> because so, I'm, th- I'm thinking that if you had to walk back, that would have been a marathon's worth of. It it would have been awful, and by the time this was all said and done, and you know the stores were reopened and the fire department had left, it was already like seven o'clock in the evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the the fun thing about existential dread is as easy as it is to come and to fill your life. Sometimes it's just as easy to get rid of it. This is true. Um, and I have a fantastic way to get rid of existential. Is training. that why? Is that by playing Raid Shadow Legends? Uh, no, <laughs> it's it's by uh, by going and um, booking an escape room with the partner of this week's episode and most of our episodes for the last few months, which is uh, Puzzle Room Pittsburgh. Oh. Uh, have, 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 you, have you heard of this escape room, Roger? You see, uh, you seen this? You heard of this? Yeah, uh, yeah you heard no. of this? You heard of this escape room? I- 
I have not. So I, I've done some escape rooms in Pittsburgh, but I do not believe I know of this one. Well, you've never done an escape room like this. Oh. Come on down to Puzzle Room Pittsburgh and unlock the thrill of adventure with their three exhilarating escape room experiences. They have the study, which is a mysterious library inside a mysterious mansion. You have to try and solve its mysteries and help save the world. You have Seeking Sasquatch, where you and your friends are out on a trip trying to find Sasquatch. Things go bad, and he starts finding you. You have to escape the forest before the sun sets. And they have Escape the Undead. You and your friends are making your way through an industrial complex during the zombie apocalypse, and you have to try and make your way through lest you become part of the horde that is chasing you. Ooh. Um, all of these three uh, puzzle uh, escape rooms can be booked at www.puzzleroompittsburgh.com. And make sure to use our promo code GARLICBOY at checkout in the promo code field to get $5 off per person on your ticket to mystery, excitement, and endless fun. Don't miss out on the ultimate escape and book now. So, yeah, that, that really helps me fight off the existential dread. I don't know about you guys. That sounds amazing. You know, I mean, I, I, I've sought Sasquatch before, and then once the funeral was over, I, uh, I, I swore I would never do it again, but you've inspired me. There, you go. <laughs> there may be more. <laughs> well, um, oh, sorry. We, we don't have a whole lot of time left, unfortunately. Um, so I was wondering if we could do the, uh, the Mountain Dew bit that we talked about, guys. Oh, um, yeah. I definitely well, have. This is Mountain Dew. Well, we all try mine. Can't you, you can see it? There it is. Well, <laughs> well, you get, Roger. Did you grab yours from the fridge? No, I uh, I grabbed it from the freezer. Well, no, you you told me you had one in your fridge, and I knew Matt didn't have it because I I poured my my pineapple Mountain Dew into this cool pineapple mug. Uh, so do yeah. you not have yours, Roger? Oh, you know, I I suppose it must have slipped my mind. Why don't you go check your fridge? check my fridge yeah okay i'll go check my fridge i'm not joking go check your fridge (laughs) (laughs) go check my fridge okay okay i'm a little scared is where's where's my wife (laughs) go check your fridge (laughs) all right i i'll be back hello Uh, oh, oh, so you, good. You do have it. Yes, I, uh, I, I, I have Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Maui burst. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> um. So this is a new flavor of Mountain Dew that I found the other day that I thought we should all try. Okay. Um. This is something that we do often on this show. I don't know what your personal history with Mountain Dew is. Uh. Well. Let, let, let's just say that, you know, she was alive when the story starts, but she might not have made it through to the end. Mm. And other than that, how did you enjoy the play? <laughs> I found the last act a bit underwhelming. Um, and so if you guys haven't seen this yet, listeners, this is called Maui Blast. Um, it's Mountain Dew with a blast of pineapple flavor and other natural flavors. Um, I don't know if this is new, but I haven't seen it before this week, and so that's why I grabbed it. It's not. Yeah, I've never seen this before. It's, it's not new. It, it's one of those that um, is like it's not seasonal. I think this was around the same time that they were doing uh, like a lot of the releases, and I think it was around the same time actually that the Baja Blast 
like extra flavors were coming out. It might have been one of those, but I think oh. they doesn't matter. I'm I'm pretty sure this was one of those that was like uh released, but it's like super uncommon. Okay. Okay. It could have been one of the other flavors from last year's like Baja Blast releases. I know I had tried the Bohemian, which was like the mango one. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I tried this one, so I just thought it'd be fun to sneak this into Roger's house. Absolutely. Uh, um, so the way to, way to go on in terms of messaging Jen. Uh, <laughs> retribution will be swift. I, so, I didn't message her. I gave it to her two days ago. Oh, my, wait, wait. So it's been in my fridge for two days? No. Oh. <laughs> it didn't go into your fridge until you went downstairs today. Oh. That's beautiful. Uh, well, the best part is, is I I do not like Mountain Dew, but I love trying things that I know I'm going to hate. Well, at first smell here, it's very pineapple forward. Yes. Oh, ooh, yeah. So I was very wrong. Uh, it was Baja Caribbean Splash and Baja Passion Fruit Punch were the different uh, flavors from 2023. Oh. Are and there was we, uh, also Baja Mango Gem. Yeah, I think that's the one that I had. Yeah, okay. there's there's a lot of different Baja Blast is one of the the big boys. Well, you know, on on first sip, I have to say, as somebody who does not drink pop really and has a disdain for most things Mountain Dew, that's actually surprisingly refreshing. Hmm. I think coconut might be one of the flavors because I'm yeah. tasting some coconut. You know what wow. it tastes like the uh, the the dum dum like the lollipop you know the mini lollipop their yeah. their their pina colada one that I would always hope was not what I would get from the doctor's office as a kid and but it tastes like that kind of in liquid form but uh, yeah no that's that's not bad honestly it's, it's not it's, bad it's better than I was expecting I mean mm-hmm. Mountain Dew is one of those pops we've talked about it on here that can go either way yeah I. Uh, I do really like, and I, I, I'm sure it has a name because I know they re-released it, but when uh, Halo 3 was released back in 2005 or 6, uh, they made the game, like the original gamer feel for it. Uh-huh. And I, I, I don't know if they brought it back under that name, but that I really did enjoy. And I haven't had that in a long time. Other than that, I tend to stay away from Mountain Dew. I, I don't do the Dew. Guys. I'm so sorry. This I'm finding some interesting information out about Maui Burst. Um, the, it Careful is a, searching that. It is a Dollar General uh, exclusive. Like it is. It is almost that's insane. What? Dollar Generals. So it literally says Maui Burst was first leaked. Blah blah blah. And then Maui Burst was officially released in Dollar General stores in the United States on October oh. 16, 2019 for a limited time, only in 16-ounce cans. So this is exclusive to Dollar General? Okay. Yeah, everything else that I'm seeing is that like every time they release it, it's just in Dollar General stores. Okay. Uh, Maui Burst was re-released in 2020 by popular demand to most Dollar General stores as a permanent flavor. My okay, all right. Well, you know, contributing to Dollar General that means we are part of the problem, but well, this time the problem tastes so good. <laughs> it's 
it's genuinely upsetting to know it's a Dollar General exclusive. Okay, I, 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 I'm glad we're in that same boat. I didn't want to immediately begin the dishing against jo- Dollar General, but you well, know, <laughs> I mean, I, I go to Dollar General. I don't like their practices, but it's the closest place for me to get some groceries and other household this items. It's so smart. Just plant something where nobody else has to grocery stores for miles and miles and miles and there you go you're getting a bunch of money from people who are too lazy to drive it down are you telling me that systematic levels of poverty are absolutely a construct of society i I don't know if i'm saying that but i drive past four dollar generals on my way home so (laughs) it's literally like mia uh has started to play a game sorry uh my partner mia um has started to play a game where like she's we're driving just in the middle of nowhere and she's always points out the dollar generals sees how many we can we can find on our drives you know i think the most off-putting thing about a dollar general to me is the sign Mm. something about the sign fills me with an immediate like uncanny valley like I, I feel like if I go in there, I'm going to kind of never come out. At least not the same. And yeah. like, while I'm being a bit facetious, there's there's some truth to it. I get uncomfortable around Dollar Generals, and I do not know why. I, I, I there was not one near where I grew up. I have no weird trauma with it. I just really don't like being near them. <laughs> I think it's because there's like an etherealness to being in there, because it's. It's just not bright enough. Yeah, no, it's like Outback Steakhouse, right? Where like you, you go in and you're just like, man, I wish, uh, wish I could see a little better. You're right. You're right. It's, like if we have a dimmer switch in the back, can we flick it up just like one click, just so I can okay. see a little better? You, you, you're you're on the money there. But you know, at the same time, I also have a the similar feeling for Family Dollar. Yeah. Family Dollar, so I know they're the, basically the same thing, but Family Dollar to me is like sort of the Wario to to Dollar General to me, where it, it's like, okay. like they're the same thing, but for some reason I get a, a more disgusting feeling in a Family Dollar. Well, you know, the, the, the reason for that, and I can tell you the reason for that, Connor, it's, it's called ketamine. Ah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, shout out to Dollar Tree, the true king of dollar stores. I fully am not too proud to talk about shopping at Dollar Tree. The only problem dollar is they're the the only Dr Pepper they sell there is in like the the yeah. twenty ounce cans, and those cans are the same like uncanny valley of this shouldn't be this big. I I, I totally understand. I Dollar Tree won my won my loyalty years ago when I bought Zaps chips. There mm-hmm. and it seems to be the only place I consist eh, can consistently acquire them. <laughs> Fair, yes. Oh man, uncanny valley, uncanny valley indeed. I uh, <laughs> feel like I was segueing into something there, and now my mind is gone. That's I'm 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 gonna celebrate that, Matt. Did you? Sorry, I cut you off there. No, it's fine. I was gonna say when minds fail, uh, that's when. We usually end the podcast. 
which That's is fair. honestly what I was about to do. Um, we've Ooh. been talking for two hours now. <laughs> this um, is true. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. This was fun. This it was great. no this was this was great you know i i i was hyped for this all day i am i am very sleep deprived right now our newest episode came out uh 2 45 this morning and uh so i was a little behind the eight ball on that and two nights in a row not much sleep but i i was super psyched for this and then my gutters decided to uh you know commit genocide and here we are, and I'm glad to see that I was able to turn that rage and disdain for the joys of home ownership into a fantastic mania-filled spicy fun fest. <laughs> well, we're we're glad you were able to as well. Um, speaking of your show, do you want us to give us like quick ten second elevator pitch of what your oh, show is? Absolutely. And, uh, try well, to hook in the listeners for it. Absolutely. Well, hey, if you're interested in fun and musical shenanigans related to the playing of tabletop RPGs, might I recommend Rock and Roll for Initiative, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast about a weekend warrior rock band who gets swept into a world of blades, beasts, and rock and roll. Oh, I get it. <laughs> roll for initiative, but rock and roll. Man, yeah, absolutely, tootin' lootin'ly. So, uh, rock and roll for initiative. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, very, very strange and obscure Indian hosting websites. the The whole kit and caboodle on there. Episode ten just premiered. Uh, well, now it's yesterday, and in between episodes, we release uh, a can trip, as we call it, which is just a fun little hotbed of shenanigans. On the last one, we did a bunch of improv games and then created some improvised movie trailers. And uh, yeah, be sure to give us a check out, shout out at uh, rockandrollforinitiative.com. That's rock and roll, the number four initiative.com. And uh, what, what day do those episodes drop? Wednesdays. Episodes every Wednesday, except for this week, because I am a sad little man. At least it's not competing with our Tuesdays. So. Nope, exactly. nope. I, I, you know, when I was setting this up, I made sure that I, I there was no <laughs> conflicting interest. Uh, only slightly joking. I, but, yeah. I had to take a few of his tires first, but this we, is true. We, we worked it out. This is true, and you know, after signing the Treaty of Ghent, we came we came to an understanding. Very, very much so. <laughs> um, if you're not sure what Matt's talking about, uh, he and I have a D and D podcast with some other friends called TGB One Shots, which is um, a group of heroes trying to redeem themselves by helping different universes and heroes in key moments and times. So they uh, they travel around becoming the adventurers and helping where they can. That's every other uh, that's on every Tuesday at 11 a.m. You can go ahead and check that out. Um, and then if you want more from um, both podcasts and from us in general, you can head on over to Instagram and TikTok and find the Garlic Boys. Uh, follow us over there as well as on Facebook.com. Um, if you'd like to support us uh, financially. Uh, we have our Patreon. You can do the $3 or the $10 tier. The $10 tier is probably where we'll release the the either the cut bits of this episode or a more extended <laughs> cut. Because um, un unfortunately, not everything that we talked about today is going to be in the main episode you're listening to. So head on over there if you want to hear more from us and Roger. 
Um, uh, and you could also support us on redbubble.com and our, our um, designs that we have up there. Um, Matt has been working really hard on some stuff for us there. Um, I can see the joy in his eyes right now. Um, Matt wasn't even looking at me. That was the funny part. <laughs> um, as well, uh, if you'd like to see video versions of this podcast and see the joy in Matt's eyes, uh, you can head on over to youtube.com slash at the garlic boys. Stop. You, you don't blink already. So there's not a point. <laughs> I just, I might as well just tape them open at this point. Exactly. Um, <laughs> watch full video versions of the podcast there, as well as, um, other videos that might be popping up soon. Um, it is time for the supplementary mom report. You've had an entire two hours to think of a mom. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have one. Let's oh, start me? With Matt. Uh, in, in, uh, in, in honor of the newly released Avatar The Last Airbender live action episode one, uh, I'm going to go with Katara, uh, which I know doesn't happen in Avatar The Last Airbender, but it does in Korra, the sequel series. So uh, Katara, she's a good enough mom. Uh, Roger, do you have your mom, uh, supplementary mom? I, I do. I so I, I, have, I have the existential mother and then the physical mother. So uh, supplementary mom report here. I'd just like to give a special shout out to uh, a mom that is still living, though the question remains for how long, and that is mother to all of us, Mother Earth. Uh, recycle your plastics, kids. But <laughs> in, in seriousness, I'm going to continue the trend of causing Connor to question his association with me. <laughs> it's the face. It's the face with the bottles. Uh, what th th do you want me to do with them? <laughs> Recycle them. They tell us it helps. Dang it. Turn, turn them into cosplay armor. <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> While you were making a podcast, I studied the blade. No, <laughs> my, uh, my, my actual answer, though, in uh, continuing my theme of upsetting Connor and drawing things back to things he's not a fan of, uh, shout out to Lori Lachlan playing Aunt Becky, mother to Nikki and Alex in Full House. Um, she she was a lot of things for me. She showed me that, you know, you can be more than a side character in one episode of season two. Uh, she showed me some other things that I can't discuss on here, but I think we can all learn a lot from Lori Lachlan who absolutely, I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say she's probably guilty of the things, but still. Hey, she taught me that no matter what your grades are, you can definitely still get into college. And, um, you know, if those, that's not wisdom to live by, then nothing is. If, if, you, if you don't deserve an opportunity to just do whatever you want, then what's the point of fame, you know? America. Um, my supplementary mom report for this week is going to be Constance Webb. Um, uh, she is the mother to Cassandra Webb, aka Madam Webb. Oh God! Because I went and saw that movie, and it was wasn't it so good? Oh man, I thought it was the best movie I've ever seen, cinematically and story wise. It just flowed so stinking well. The oh, absolutely sublime. You uh, that tracks sublime. Matt is not good at telling what movies are good or not. Um, well, I mean, you know, there, there, there's like tears, right? So, you know, you, you've got the greats. There, there were definitely got, tears. I was crying through that movie. You've got The Godfather, you know, you've got Casablanca, Citizen Kane, but none of it compares to Madam Webb. 
for reference, my favorite movie of all time is The Sources Apprentice with Nicolas Cage and Jay Baruchel. I'm, I'm just going to say that that movie is much more enjoyable than it had any right to be. Well, that was a great podcast. Yes! Um, <laughs> I'm going to take that as the final thoughts for this episode. And I'm just going to say uh, to everyone out there, remember, as always, to... Welcome to Moe's. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and remember, as always, to... Stay, Stay Charlie. I haven't worked at Moe's in years, Matt. Don't bring up that trauma, too.